Hello, welcome to This Nomad Life. I'm your host, Minnie Van Lee. Today I have an informative show ahead for you. I'm going to talk about traffic stops. Yikes! I'm aware that just sometimes thinking about this subject can cause anxiety. But let's get on with it because, really, this is a very necessary topic, especially for us nomads. So let's go. Hello, my friends. I'm recording from my minivan, of course, in the gorgeous Arizona desert. I'm parked on federal land overseen by the Bureau of Land Management. It's very quiet here and quite beautiful. I'm taking a break from the city life and the highways and decided to check out the byways. I was in Salt Lake City for a few weeks, but it turned cold fast. And I had the privilege of enjoying snow for a couple days. But I was unfortunate to get stuck in a snowstorm outside of Provo, Utah, while traveling south to Arizona. I'm safe and sound and relaxing after traveling a few hundred miles. Most of us nomads are on the road often. Highways, back roads, city streets, residential neighborhoods. Today, I want to talk about what to do when you are pulled over by a policeman for a traffic stop while driving our rigs, our vehicles, our homes. And there are do's and don'ts. So, let's get started. Now, my first tip is don't speed the last week of the month. Oh, yes. Of course, you should never exceed the speed limit, but definitely don't do it the fourth week of the month. Many dominions have monthly quotas, and in the last week of the month, they'll suddenly realize they need to catch up on ticketing to meet quotas. While you might get away with a few miles over in the first three weeks, you could get nailed that last week. Now, my second major tip is be a follower. Yes, usually I don't say that, but in this case, yes. Be a follower. Think about the behavior of the other cars and drivers around you. If you're the one passing every other car on the highway, who do you think is going to get pulled over? However, if other drivers are flying by, you could probably get away being a few miles over the posted limit. Next, I want to talk about steps to take when responding to the flashing lights of a police car. Uh-oh. While the police pull you over for an alleged traffic violation, you may experience a number of different emotions, including anger, fear, embarrassment, or frustration. It is important that you respond appropriately for your own personal safety. Even if you know that the stop was unjustified, you should not debate the issue with the police, but rather fight the ticket in court at a later time. 
Now with this statement, I want to add that as a nomad, this might be difficult because we travel here and there. You do have the right to respectfully refuse to give the police consent to search your car. During the traffic stop, be respectful. Do not offer any additional information and keep your hands visible at all times. Okay, so here we go. First, pull over. Whether the car is an easily identifiable police car or an unmarked car with police lights, it is important to pull over as soon as you can safely to do so. Use your turn signals to identify that you are pulling over and make your way to the right hand side of the road. You might also put on your hazard lights. Police are privy to this. Do not make any erratic driving moves such as speeding up or slamming on the brakes. Do not pull into the left-hand lane as it may appear that you are trying to get away. Now next, turn off your car. As soon as you pull over, Turn on the internal lights, put your right side window down only partway, and turn off the car. Once your window is down a bit, place your hands on the steering wheel and do not move until the police approach you. They will approach from the right side of the car. When police officers approach your car, they are worried about their own personal safety. So by placing your hands on the steering wheel and turning on the light, you are alleviating some level of fear that an officer may have as they approach your car. Do not make any unnecessary movements. The officer may believe that you are trying to hide something illegal or increase their concern that their life may be at risk. Now you will need to provide your license and other documents. Once the officer approaches your window, they may ask for your driver's license, registration, and proof of insurance. If your paperwork is in your pocket, glove compartment, or bag, let the officer know that you need to retrieve those items. Once the officer gives their permission for you to proceed, slowly gather your documents and pass them through the partially opened window. Do not open the window all the way. Do not get out of the vehicle unless you are instructed to by the officer. When speaking to the officer, always be respectful. While you may feel frustrated, angry, frightened, or any other emotions about police pulling you over, it is important that you remain calm and treat the officer respectfully. Do not give the police any justification to extend the traffic stop any longer than it needs to be. You should not flee from the police or touch the police officer. Do not resist the police. If you place your hands on them or appear as if you are failing to comply with their orders, you can be charged with a crime. Even minor resistance is a misdemeanor. Do not speak first. 
let the officer approach the car and let them take the lead in the stop. Most likely they will ask for your license and car registration. If the documents are not readily accessible, tell the officer where they are located and ask permission to retrieve them. Give guarded responses. The officer may ask you some questions when he or she approaches your car, and it is best to give extremely short answers, or not answer at all, really. We will discuss this further later on in the broadcast. You should not argue with the police officer. Remember, both you and any passengers have the right to remain silent. If you choose to remain silent, tell the officer that you are asserting your right to remain silent. The officer may ask, do you know why I pulled you over? It is imperative that you reply with a simple no. You may be asked, do you know how fast you were going? You can reply, yes, I do but do not give any additional information other than that. If the officer tells you how fast he or she thinks you were going, do not argue, but instead say something like, I see, or do not answer at all. Do not talk to the police. Always comply with legal requirements. Police officers have the right to view your driver's license, proof of insurance and registration in a routine traffic stop. If the police ask for these items, you must comply. You are not legally required to give the police any additional verbal responses or give them permission to search your car. If the police order you out of your car, you must comply, but as discussed below, if they ask you, do you mind if we look in your car? You can and should refuse. Always refuse to give consent to search your car. Some police officers will ask to search your car. Politely refuse. The officer may state that he or she has probable cause to search your car, which means that they are legally justified in conducting the search. If the police orders you out of the car, comply with the request and do not argue. Since you have already refused consent to search the car, a lawyer can challenge the search on legal grounds should you decide to pursue the case if you have illegal contraband in your car. If the officer asks you to step out of the car, he or she may pat you down to make sure that you are not carrying any weapons. Do not resist the pat down and do not act aggressively in any way. Can you ask if you can leave? Once the officer issues you a ticket, or if they do not issue a ticket, but do not appear to be making any move to do so, you can respectfully ask whether you are allowed to leave. So yes, you can ask if you can leave. Unless you are under arrest or the officer is preparing your ticket, you have the right to leave the location. If arrested, remain silent. If your traffic stop turns into an arrest, do not say anything to the police other than requesting an attorney. That's all you say. 
The police may try to get you to volunteer information, but refuse to say anything. Don't talk to the police. So now let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I'll talk about knowing your rights. YouTube.com, Minivan Lee. Videos about nomad life instructional videos, travel videos. I will teach you how to live in your minivan or SUV successfully in style. I share ideas and gadgets, including a really great solar setup so you can keep yourself powered up and have energy throughout your travels. It's a great life, full time. It's also great for using your minivan as a camper for vacations. So go to youtube.com and search for Minivan Lee, L-E-E, -E, Minivan Lee. Please subscribe and ring the bell for notifications. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I want to talk about knowing your rights. Never give consent to a search. If the police ask your permission to search your car, you can politely refuse. The police do not need your consent to search your car if they have probable cause to believe that there is evidence of a crime in your car. If the police tell you to step out of your car, you must comply. An officer can only search your car for the following reasons. One, you gave your consent to search the car. Number two, they have probable cause. Number three, the officer has a reasonable fear for his or her safety and therefore searches your car for a hidden weapon. Number four, the officer has a legally obtained search warrant. After an arrest, an officer can search your car in search of evidence related to your arrest. Here is a great tip. Record or film a traffic stop. Yes, you have the right to film a traffic stop, but you cannot interfere with the officer conducting the stop. Do not place the camera in the officer's face or act disrespectfully. Also, ask to leave if your stop seems overly long. While the police have a right to pull you over and detain you, they do not have a legal right to detain you for an overly long time. If after 30 minutes the officer has not allowed you to leave or given you a reason why the process is taking so long, you can ask the officer when you will be able to leave. Here's a most important tip. Refuse to answer questions. You have the legal right to not answer police questions. While answering questions may speed along the process of the traffic stop, you are not legally required to answer questions, especially if they are unrelated to the traffic stop. And it is in your best interest to not say anything. Get the officer's name and badge number, especially if you feel that your civil rights have been violated. Now here's something very important. Always check for credentials. 
If you are pulled over by an unmarked car and a person not in uniform approaches you, you can ask to see their identification. If a person pulls you over and they refuse or quickly flash their identification, you should keep your window most of the way up, your doors locked, and tell the officer you're uncomfortable and request that a second officer be called to the scene. Ask the person to follow you to the nearest police station. If the person refuses all of your requests and the person becomes more aggressive by banging on the door or demanding that you get out of your car, call 911 from your cell phone. Now let's talk about how to spot someone impersonating a police officer. Police officers are given an immense amount of power and they play an important role in maintaining the public safety. But due to this power, a lot of people try and impersonate police officers. Police impersonators are dangerous and are often attempting to commit violent crimes. There are many circumstances in daily life where you will have the potential to interact with police. And in all of those circumstances, impersonators loom. Whether you are in your home, in your car, or online, you can spot police impersonators if you know what to look for. Now, impersonating a police officer is actually a lot easier than you may seem. On the internet, anything can be sold. And a lot of authentic looking police gear can be found on auction sites, which often allow the sale of police identifiers. One study found that a simple online search produced police badges for sale from almost every state, city, and county in the United States. Impersonators often buy uniforms, badges, utility belts, and vehicle accessories. People can even impersonate officers by simply introducing themselves as someone with police authority. Police impersonators are often looking for anyone who seems exposed and easily fooled. This means that younger people as well as the elderly are most at risk to be victimized by police impersonators. With that said, criminals often commit crimes of opportunity meaning they may impersonate a police officer in order to commit another crime against anyone that's an easy target in the moment. Impersonating a police officer is a crime in and of itself. Most laws prohibit a person from identifying themselves as an officer, producing a badge of authority, wearing a uniform with the intent to impersonate an officer, and creating a vehicle that looks like a police vehicle. Now let's talk about identifying police impersonators during a traffic stop. Always know where you are. While you are driving, understand where you are. This includes what city you are in, what road you are driving on, and what direction you are going. If you get pulled over by a vehicle that looks like a police vehicle, you can use the information about your location throughout the rest of your contact. If you have to call the police, knowing where you are located will help you explain the situation to the dispatcher. And this also goes for using Google. You can always find out your coordinates 
by using Google. And please know how to do this. I have on my uh, YouTube channel, Minnie Van Lee, I have a video about how to find out your coordinates and set a pin, etc., etc. If you are looking at a person's vehicle, knowing where you are will help you identify the markings on the vehicle in order to ensure they match your location. For example, if you get pulled over in Los Angeles, you want to make sure you aren't being pulled over by a New York police car. Listen for the vehicle siren. Now, as a nomad, this might be a little difficult because different sirens are used in different areas. And since we travel a lot, we don't exactly know for sure what a Reno police car might sound like if we've just left Arizona. When an officer begins the process of pulling you over, many departments, but not all, require they turn on an audible siren. Listen for the siren and determine whether it sounds legitimate. While different police forces may use different sounds, try to familiarize yourself with those sounds so that you can spot improper ones. But as I said, this can be difficult for a nomad. Police cars, fire trucks, and ambulances all use different sounding sirens. Impersonators may not know this and may accidentally install the wrong siren. Look at the person's vehicle. One of the easiest ways to spot a police impersonator is to examine their vehicle. If it looks older or is not running in good condition, it may not be a real police car. Look for the reflective decals on the sides of the hood of the car. These decals should clearly identify the vehicle as a police vehicle and should include car numbers, a police shield, and police department identifiers. Identify the warning lights on the police car. Most police cars are equipped with a number of lights that flash colors to warn people of their presence. Police lights are often red and blue. Beware of single white lights or green or yellow lights behind the grill. Read the officer's license plate. Real police units utilize specialized license plates that identify the vehicle as a police vehicle. Turn on your hazard lights before you pull over, especially if you are in a dark area. Turn on your hazard lights to inform the vehicle attempting to pull you over that you see them. Trained officers know this means you are acknowledging their presence and that you are not trying to run from them. Pull over in a well-lit and populated area. With your hazard lights on, drive until you reach a well-lit and populated area. Pulling over where people are nearby can help disincentivize a police impersonator from committing a crime against you. Also, if you are in a well-lit area, you will be able to examine the person and their actions better. If you do this, a police impersonator will often drive right by you because they don't want to risk getting caught. Keep your doors locked 
and only roll down your window enough to communicate, which is the case with being pulled over even by a real police officer. Once you pull over, do not open your door or get out of your car. Stay in the vehicle with your doors locked. Only roll your window down enough to speak to the person outside your vehicle. If the person pulling you over is an impersonator, you do not want to let them gain access to you or your vehicle, which is why you should not open your door or roll your window down all the way. You always want to look for their badge, their name tag, and service tags. Remember that badge will be made out of metal and will never be plastic or flimsy. And remember those service tags. They indicate years of service that an officer has had on the force and they will be wearing that. Look for the utility belts with all the equipment, flashlight, firearm, handcuffs, taser, bullet magazines, pepper spray, and the utility belt is usually made of woven leather. Again, all officers will carry a radio, so be sure the person you see has one and look for their officer's citation pad. Ask for the person's badge number and other identification. Now, I am wondering if you're in a car, it's a good idea near your front seat when you are traveling on the road that you have a paper and pencil handy because they may tell you this, but are you going to remember it? Write it down. You don't want to be fumbling for paper and a pencil. So have one handy. While an impersonator may be able to fake a badge, it is much more difficult to fake a photo ID. So ask for their photo ID, their police identification card. If you have any doubts, call the police. Dispatchers will know whether an officer has been sent to your area and if they have actually pulled someone over. And the dispatcher will send out a real officer if there is any doubt as to what is unfolding. And also, again, real officers should never be upset if you choose to call the police to verify their identity. Okay, so let's go to a commercial break again. When we come back, I will discuss rights of gun owners during a traffic stop. Amazon links for gadgets and fun stuff for nomad life. Go to youtube.com and check out the video descriptions. There are links for Amazon products. When you use the links, I receive a small commission when you order within 24 hours of putting the item in your cart. Now, even if you don't purchase that particular product, but you buy something else after using my link, I receive a commission on the item you purchase. This helps fund my videos and my podcast costs, which can be large sometimes. But thank you so much for doing this for me. And all of the links are products that I use and I have already tested out and are for the nomad life or camper life, if that's what you choose. Now back to the program. Welcome back. Let's talk about firearms and ammo during a traffic stop. Now most cops won't break the law, but also they won't offer your rights unless you actually know and use them. 
Cops take advantage of the fact people don't assert their rights and are generally submissive to authority. Many studies have been done on authority, and the conclusion is people are very submissive and obey authority, especially when they are in a uniform. Remember to always record audio and video of any police encounter. It helps keep everyone honest. In Arizona, if I'm carrying a concealed firearm in my vehicle and I am stopped by a law enforcement officer, do I have to tell the officer that I'm carrying a concealed firearm? And do I have to turn over my firearm to the police officer? Under ARS 13-3102, any person carrying a concealed firearm must acknowledge and comply with the demands of a law enforcement officer when asked if he or she is carrying a concealed deadly weapon. If the officer has initiated an investigation, such as a traffic stop. During the stop, the law enforcement officer may take temporary custody of the firearm for the duration of that contact for officer safety purposes. If I am traveling through Arizona with a firearm, can I have it in my vehicle? Generally speaking, yes. However, it also depends on your age and mode of carry inside the vehicle. For example, Arizona's constitutional carry law allows any citizen who can legally own and purchase a firearm and is 21 years or older to carry it loaded and concealed on their person without any type of permit or license anywhere inside the vehicle. For citizens 18 to 20 years old, the law is different. It is unlawful to carry a firearm concealed within the immediate control of any person in or on a means of transportation if under 21 years of age, and that the firearms carried in a vehicle shall be transported in a case, a holster, or a scabbard, a storage compartment, trunk, pack, luggage, or glove compartment of a means of transportation. Now, if you are a person with a concealed carry permit, identify yourself as such. Do not remove your seatbelt. If you have a concealed weapon carry permit and you are armed during a traffic stop, you need to take steps to put the officer at ease. As discussed above, turn on the interior light and keep your hands on the steering wheel and keep your seatbelt on. By having your hands clearly visible, you put the officer at ease as he or she approaches your vehicle. Notify the officer of your permit and weapon. When the officer approaches your car, calmly state, Officer, I have a permit to carry concealed, and I'm currently carrying concealed now. How would you like me to proceed? That's good. It is very important that you don't shout or state, I have a gun. The officer may not have had any context for understanding your comment 
and may believe that you are making a threatening statement. Do not move until instructed by the officer. Once you have informed the officer of your weapon and permit, do not make any move until the officer gives you specific directions. This allows the officer time to collect his or her thoughts and allows the heightened situation to proceed calmly. Do not gesture or make any move towards your weapon. Keep your hands firmly on the steering wheel until the officer tells you what to do. Next, comply with the officer's directions. Follow any directions that the officer gives you with regard to your weapon and your permit. Even if you think the officer is overreacting and wants you to get out of the car, you should do so. Failure to listen to the officer can easily and quickly escalate a traffic routine stop. Let's talk about peaceable journey law. The peaceable journey law refers to federal and state laws that address the transportation of firearms over state lines by firearm owners. The federal code, blah, 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 it's 18 U.S.C. 926A, says that as long as the owner of the firearm can legally carry in the state they left and the state they are traveling to, the firearm is unloaded and that the firearms, any ammunition, are not easily accessible. They can legally cross state lines. Most states have laws addressing this in their state constitutions. These states often have their own slightly different rules about how the weapons can be transported. Vermont allows open carry in a vehicle without a permit. Others like California require the gun to be in a locked box and unloaded during transport. The laws on travel also vary from state to state. Some states specify that the gun can only be transported in a private vehicle owned by the firearm owner. Many states also have a rule that you can only make brief stops, or like New York City, no stops at all, or you can be arrested. While most states only require that you are able to legally carry in the beginning and ending state, some states require you to have a carry permit from their state or a permit from another state that they honor when transporting firearms. Some states have slightly different rules regarding transporting long guns versus handguns. The handgun laws are usually stricter. The states that don't have a specific law protecting owners transporting firearms in their state constitution are California, Iowa, Maryland, Minnesota, New Jersey, and New York. In these states, it can be tricky to transport a weapon, and they often have very strict rules regarding how they must be transported. A prime example in New York City, the firearm must be unloaded and in a locked container that cannot be easily assessed. And the journey must be continuous. An important note, in Washington, D.C., it is illegal to transport a firearm for any reason through the area. If you are pulled over, you will be arrested. It's better to just avoid it altogether. It's a good idea to call the state 
or county firearm office in the states that you will be passing through to familiarize yourself with their specific laws. You can also go online, just type it in, Google it, and it will. there are sites that will tell you and they will list every requirement. So not all states require you to notify a police officer of a concealed weapon during a traffic stop. However, it may be the safest option so that there is no misunderstanding during the remainder of the traffic stop. I do know that Arizona, Nevada, and Utah, you do not have to notify an officer at a traffic stop unless asked. In Arizona and Nevada, you must reveal if you are asked. But let me clarify that with Utah. In Utah, no. Officers in Utah have zero right to ask the question. You must look up all other states because each state has their own laws. These are just the three states that I know of. Um, and I am very familiar with California also because I was thinking about traveling through. And I knew that there was a past peaceable journey law. With California, the firearm cannot be loaded and the gun has to be in a locked box. And your ammo has to be stored in a whole nother area. So if you're going to do the peaceable journey other than Washington DC don't even go there just get yourself a locked box you can get one at Walmart for a decent price and just carry the key and keep your firearm under those conditions when you're traveling in any other state other than Nevada and Arizona and of course Utah now as a nomad is important to know the laws of each state regarding firearms Thus far, I have not covered border control force. This is an entirely different department than the police department. And I have read that the border control officers in this country have been given more authority over the past few years, and they have become more aggressive. I had an unfortunate encounter with border control near El Paso. I have since researched my rights and realized I was illegally detained for one and a half hours on the side of the road by an aggressive young officer new to the force. I have read that the 100-mile border around the entire United States is under the jurisdiction of the Border Control. Because the Border Control has doubled their force, their requirements for entering the force have been reduced. And this has resulted in many citizens' rights being abused, as mine were. And I won't go into specifics of it at this point, but it was a very scary situation. So I just wanted to mention that you're going to be dealing with border control also when you're dealing with the 100-mile radius around the entire United States, which is a lot of square miles. Think about that one. And that even includes the border around Canada and the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, and Mexico. Now I want to talk about talking or not talking to the police under any circumstances. Because this is very important and I alluded to it in the beginning of this episode. There is a video titled, Don't 
Talk to the Police. That's the title. And it's put out by the Regent University School of Law. It is an extremely important video to watch by everyone. And the link is in the podcast description. And I, it is a class requirement. After this podcast, you must go watch this. Okay? <laughs> okay. Everything you say to the police will be used against you. Really. Don't say anything. Nothing. That is your right. So I implore you to watch the video and do so immediately after listening to this podcast. Even when you know you are innocent of anything and everything, anything you say will be twisted and used against you. Please watch the video. It also at the end has an officer actually agreeing with everything that this attorney says. They will twist everything they can to prosecute you. I pray that you did not get anxious listening to this subject matter. We do have rights, and it's important to know what they are. Many of you are nomads, and some of you are anxious to get out there traveling. With travel, it is possible to be involved in a traffic stop. Well, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? As any officer can tell you, as well as attorneys, if an officer is following you, eventually they will find something to pull you over for. It's best to know how to avoid this and how to handle it if it occurs. Our homes are on wheels. We travel. We drive on the highways and roads and streets. Let's be safe, everyone, and know our rights. Nomads love freedom, freedom to move about, and we do have rights. Remember to check out youtube.com and search for Minivan Lee. Please subscribe and ring the bell for notifications so you do not miss even one video. In the video descriptions, you will find Amazon links to all the products I use and that I recommend. And you can email me through my contact form on minivanlee.com website. Until next time, I pray you have a really great week. I know I will, as I live this nomad life.